You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. If you remember, I gave a tease on yesterday's show about let's talk a little bit about Michael Brantley to lead off today's show. And the reason for that is rather simple. The Houston Astros, yes, they have won seven games in a row, but I had from a reasonable source that uh, it's a team that could be looking to sell at the deadline. And Michael Brantley is a player that is in his walk year free agency. And if you're a team that is considering selling off pieces, getting anything from Michael Brantley is is a good value. Uh, since the Indians did not offer Brantley arbitration, the Astros could conceivably do that. I don't know if they would as a team offer him arbitration. They could use that as a, uh, a leverage point in any trade talks. But I think at the end of the day, if you are the Houston Astros, you are going to try to find ways to add pitching depth, add something that can help you further down the road. I mean, just look at the, the injury list right now. Jordan Alvarez done for the year. Alex Bregman, strained hamstring. We'll see when he's back. Uh, Almenes Diaz. Strained groin, strained quad for Brantley. Haven't even touched the pitching staff. Uh, Jose Urquhe, or Urdique, still an undisclosed injury. Hasn't played this year. Austin Pruitt was their addition in uh, a minor trade with Tampa. Elbow inflammation. Rogelio Armenteros elbow surgery. Justin Verlander. Strained forearm. Rob, Roberto Suna elbow soreness. Chris Davinsky elbow soreness. Brad Peacock, shoulder soreness. Go look at their top prospects list real quickly. Forrest Whitley, I'm still kind of surprised we have not seen him uh, as of yet for this team. Urdequa was listed as the number two. Abraham Toro is in the big leagues. Uh, in terms of other guys, kind of in the upper, minor, upper minors, yeah. Brian Abreu, Christian Javier. Javier has been in the big leagues this year. Brandon uh, Bilak has been in the big leagues. Corey Lee, the first round pick from a year ago. Hunter Brown. Again, this is a weak list, and that is why a Brantley deal makes sense. So what would make sense to the Indians to trade for Brantley? His value, it's a little bit hard to judge just because he has been productive uh, for the Astros. He's a good team leader, and you're trading for a player that, you know, the Astros aren't necessarily saying they're you know pitching their season in but like i said i've heard other teams have been calling and acquiring and that there has been some thought that they're going to be sellers brantley this year has 15 games 64 plate appearances and he's playing well 132 wrc plus last year was a 133 he was a 124 with the indians you ignore 2017 2016 the injury plagued years he was a 133 in 2015 a 151 the year before that that was the breakout year in 2014 so he had that high peak there, and he's kind of settled in this 130 range, and he's been productive with that. Now, he is not a great defender. He is below average, but you're still getting a very effective bat in spite of that a guy who's going to be of value to your team. So again, if you were the Cleveland Indians, what makes sense? What are you willing to trade from your prospects list? Who are you willing to consider moving on from? maybe from your major league roster. Um, in terms of not a huge amount of trade value, but there might be a little bit of trade value 
And a guy who I think Houston would be at least somewhat intrigued by is Adam Simber. Uh, he has really fallen out of the Indians' uh, usage uh, for that team. Now, Houston did trade, well, didn't trade for, I should say. They signed uh, Joe Smith, old friend, and they uh, he opted out of the season. That has affected their bullpen. So we know they can use, you know, that they have a valuation on someone like a Simber, who is kind of a poor man's Joe Smith. Now, again, that is a very minor trade asset at this point in time. What other players would they consider? Yeah, Tristan McKenzie, we'll talk about more on the show. That might be the guy. That might be the piece, because when you look at what he does, that he's going to have some time in the big leagues. That's not really, you know, here or there, but uh, two-pitch guy, controls his stuff, spots it well. Um, and again, we're going to talk about him a little bit more in a bit, but he might make sense. Logan Allen could be a guy who makes sense. Um, going down through the system, you're probably talking about guys like Hankins and Torres, uh, maybe Carlos Vargas. Those are kind of the pitchers in the range uh, I, I think would click the most in terms of a trade. So something like, you know, a Simber and a McKenzie, or a Simber and a Hankins, I think gets you most of the way there. Again, it is one, you know, top 10 prospect and a useful reliever. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's saw some of the trade offers that are sitting around outside right now uh, that MLB did. They're mostly not great. I will say, just to talk about that, if you could get the Gliber Torres plus a piece for Lindor, I'm doing that tomorrow. If I can get Gliber Torres for Lindor, I'm doing that right away you know the season and a half of, of Lindor for Torres yes please sign me up but uh yeah I, I think you're probably looking at, at something like Mackenzie and Simber and then a, a lotto ticket as a third piece um you're trying to think who's further down the line who's one of those like high-end lottery tickets you know is it an Aaron Brachio is it a junior San uh, Santa Quinn is it a Jose Tenia, who we haven't talked about as much on the, the show? Uh, or the Janeski Noel, who's that huge first baseman? Something along those lines. I think that gets you most of the way there. Because for a team like the Houston Astros, when you look at their depth chart, with Brantley out, it's all those players out. I mean, they still, Kyle Tucker is not playing particularly grand of late. But he's that former high-end prospect. They want to get him reps. Josh Reddick is also a free agent to be, I want to say. He could be a tradable asset for them. And then Springer, is he? I think he's going to be a free agent when Lindor becomes a free agent. So he's kind of sitting there in a, a stuck position where Houston could look to move him. But uh, I think they probably hold on to him. I just don't think Reddick brings a whole lot. You want Tucker to play every day. Miles Straw is a guy I've talked about before that I'm very high on. And they have players kind of ready to move up, move in. Adding some pitching is a big need. Getting some pitching that's closer to the majors. I mean, honestly, when you go and you look at this rotation, Framber has been awesome. Christian Javier has been really good. Lance McCullers is, again, that's the pitcher I heard could be on the move for, uh, for Houston. You know, we talked about uh, Bilak, who is a, another prospect. They have Granky. You know, you get someone like McKenzie, then that makes it easier to flip McCullers. Let's put it that way. Uh, you can try to circle the wagons and still have some postseason hopes. Uh, I mean, this is a team that after the Reds let go of Brooks Raley, he has gone on to uh, to pitch repeatedly out of their pen. They, they need pitching. Simber would move into probably a, you know, a sixth, seventh inning role 
for them. Uh, for as much as I railed against the Indians' pen, uh, it has been better than anyone could have anticipated. I don't care who you are. No one thought the Indians' bullpen was going to do what they have done so far this year. So that's my thought on Michael Brantley. Uh, let me know. I'm always curious to hear feedback. Too much, too little. Should they not even bother? Uh, I think Brantley would be a fine addition to this team. And it's a great way to uh, to win the battle against the super negative fan to bring back a, a hometown friend. We have some fantastic sponsors on the show today. First one, let's talk about a new sponsor, a local sponsor that makes them very near and dear to my heart. That is Ohio vs. Everyone. So you go there, that is ohiovseveryone.com. I've talked about the fact that uh, Matt Bretz, who is an Indians writer I've known for a long time, is running the Indian site. So I can give him my stamp of approval. I can say this is a good dude, a guy who knows his stuff, and a great reason to go check out Ohio versus everyone. Once uh, things settle down a bit, I'm going to hope to have Matt on the show. His two-year-old was sick, and then my two-year-old broke her arm today. So uh, we're having some two-year-old problems, and that's why he's not been on the show. But sooner rather than later, we're going to have Matt on. He's a great guy. He knows his stuff. Maybe has a better working knowledge of the history of the Cleveland Indians than uh, any other writer out there. So check out OhioVersusEveryone.com. Our new sponsor today uh, is Roman. I have the whole ad read here, and at some point I will do the ad read. But let's just talk about this at a basic level. There are many different types of male enhancement. It is a huge money business, and that tells me that it is a huge need. There wouldn't be these many, this many alternatives and this many companies that are able to be successful if this wasn't a need. It may not be the easiest thing to talk about. It may not be the thing you want to hear about in your podcast, but it's a need for many people. And with Roman, they make it easy. You're going to talk with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. You get an online evaluation, and you get ongoing care for your ED. And let's be honest, this is one of those things that uh, you want uh, you want it to everything to go well, right? Let's enjoy things as much as you can in life. When you go to Roman, you get it free two-day shipping. You're going to talk to a health professional, and they're going to get help that you need. And it's not just you. There are uh, companies, and it's a pretty sure probably a billion-dollar industry for a reason. So erectile dysfunction, it's not easy to talk about, but you're going to go to roman.com slash xxx, and you can complete your online visit right there and start getting the help that you might need. And right now, if you go to getroman.com slash MLB. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB to get that $15 off your first order. Okay, let's talk about the Indians game today. Uh, that Shane Bieber is a, he's an okay pitcher. Uh, you know, you, you, when you have him out there, you think, hey, we might win a game today. <laughs> Six innings, six hits, no walks, 11 strikeouts. So that's 99 pitches. He dropped his ERA to 1.11. 18 outs, you can record in six innings, just doing the math. 11 by a strikeout. Oliver Perez, man, what a job he is doing this year. I, You know, I thought that with the rule change, he was going to be really limited in his effectiveness, and he has been so good. 
Nick Wetgren is effective again. Uh, Karen Chalk, he's going to walk some guys. He's an interesting personality, but he's a really good reliever. I mean, he is just, they're building up tape on him, and guys are, he's still blowing people away. And Brad Hand, you know, I thought uh, I was trumpeting the demise of Brad, Brad Hand as much as anyone. I owe the guy an apology. Uh, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And right now I'm wrong. He came out and he's effective. Again, this Pirates team is likely the worst team in baseball. You're expected to go 3-0. You're expected to utterly dominate these games. And the Indians did that. In the uh, the game today, I must say, you know, they get two runs across. That's not ideal. The offense should do better. Three hits for Naquin. Fran Mel Reyes continues to rake. He scored both runs. He had a hit and a walk in this one. Uh, let's see. Bo Taylor with a hit and a walk. If you had given me odds on Taylor, I would have never picked him to be the guy who knocks a run across for the Indians in this one. But uh, the two is all they need when you got Bieber on the mound and you're facing the uh, Pittsburgh Fire. It's a team that's just scuffling so badly. Indians pick up a win. Both of them uh, come off the bat of Bo Taylor, which is, again, just makes me giggle because no one's going to expect that. And it sets up for this next series against the Detroit Tigers. Now, I just previewed this Tigers team, but what I have, wasn't doing earlier in the season is looking at StatCast data. So let's go look at the StatCast for the Tigers, see who's standing out in terms of that stuff. CJ Cron, that's a big loss for the Tigers. He was performing well. He was doing what he does, low batting average, power, top 3% in barrel percentage. Uh, Victor Reyes, top 6% of the league in expected batting average. Austin Romine, hard hit percentage is in the top 7%. Miggy Cabrera, top 8% in hard hit, top 8% in exit velocity. He can still get a hold of it. Now, he's not getting a hold of it often, but he can still do that. Uh, only weighted one, low one is a weighted uh, on base. The weighted uh, expect No, that's not what he expected. This is just the weighted uh, O-Bacon. Uh, that one is uh, for Harold Castro, but he is a small sample size type of player. Plate discipline and the like, you don't see anything really standing out for them in terms of uh, savant statistics. Why don't we jump over to pitching and see what we can see of this Detroit Tigers team. And we got some interesting guys here, both good and bad. Uh, Buck Farmer, top 1% of the league in weighted on base percentage. And he is top 1% of the league in the weighted O'Bacon. That's, you know, he's performing well. There's no other way to put that. Hard hit percentage, top 8% of the league. I remember, God, was he a Georgia Tech pitcher back in the day? Like, I liked him as a draft pick. He moved solidly through their system. Uh, He's not been super healthy this year, but when you're looking at that, his stat cast is showing a pitcher who's been effective for them. Uh, When I went on the Tigers podcast, they were talking about Gregory Soto, top 3% in uh, weighted on base and top 2% of the the weighted O'Bacon, which is, you know, your weighted on base uh, average. It's, uh, you know, another one of those ways to kind of quantify effectiveness. Daniel Norris, top 4%, or bottom 4%, I should say, of exit velocity. That's not good. Joe Jimenez, who I think is still their closer, is top 7% in that as well. He's getting hard. Then you get into the uh, numbers here, and it's all going to go bad. Uh, Expected batting average for expected slugging, expected weighted on base average, uh, you know, blue all around for Ivan Nova. 
Matt Boyd is bottom seven percent in you know the the weighted on base average and the uh, the uh, weighted on base average con, and he is top or bottom eight percent in barrel percentage. Expected slugging, he's low. I mean, he's just he's getting slaughtered right now. Kyle Funkhauser has some deep blues, including bottom two percent and expected batting average. Michael Fulmer, though, is the worst across the board for him. Bottom 1% expected batting average. Bottom 2% of the league expected slugging. Weighted, bottom 2% of the league and expected weighted batting average. It's it's pretty ugly for him uh, throughout. And, you know, just going through those numbers, it's uh, they get uh, Fulmer on Friday. And they get Boyd on Saturday and Sunday is Casey Mize. Just looking at those numbers, you can see I mean, Fulmer and Boyd have been about as bad as you can get when you're looking at these advanced statistics. That's probably why they jumped up Mize and Scooble, two of those really good young pitchers that they have. Matt Manning is the only one left. Uh, Tyler Alexander has pitched well for him this year, and so has Spencer Turnbull. But I mean, the rest of that rotation, oof, it has been rough if you are a Tigers fan. In terms of running, can you guess who is their uh, their worst player in terms of sprint speed? You should probably be able to guess. That's Miggy Cabrera, and he is in the bottom 1% of the league in that area. Best is Nico Goodrum, uh, Victor Reyes, and then Cameron Maben, who uh, I was kind of hoping the Indians would uh, take a look at. He did hit a home run off of them last weekend or two weekends ago when we faced them. So that's his Tigers team. It's not a great team. Uh, they were playing well. And I kind of gave them maybe a little too much credit going into that series uh, against the Indians. They were actually ahead of the Indians uh, in terms of record. And they're on a nine-game losing streak right now heading into this Cleveland series. I I really like Casey Mize. Like, I mean, I was a huge fan of his. I was driving that bandwagon from the start. I sponsored his baseball uh, cube page for a while. That's probably the game that I am least comfortable uh, giving to the Indians. They sometimes struggle against new pitchers, and we'll have to see uh, you know, who goes with Kraska going Sunday, Friday. Um, yeah, we'll talk about all that. But Saturday, let's talk about Tristan McKenzie. Let's get into this for a bit. I was shocked that this is indeed the truth, that uh, there was some inside information. Talking to people I trust people I know, uh, Justin Lada over at uh, Indians Baseball Insider, he loves him. He's seen him at peaks and and at the low points, and in fairness, I did see him at his low points. What I saw was a guy with inconsistent velocity, flat pitches, and fastball change. The curve was not really an effective pitch. He can spot his pitches well, and we'll see. I mean, I still think he's likely a reliever. The third pitch, unless there's been some massive improvement I don't know about, he's just never been there. The struggles with health and then I mean I just went through and I did the research there's never been a pitcher with more than 20 starts with his height and weight like you can go two inches you know I, I let it say any amount of inches higher and like two inches lower and adding 15 pounds and I still couldn't find anyone could he be a unicorn yes but when you have like a hundred years plus of baseball data and he a player like him doesn't exist as a starter uh, that's that's kind of a big deal to me. So we'll have to see. Um, why not Logan Allen, you might ask? Um, I think they just, you know, they're like using Allen out of the pen right now. I don't think it's a knock on him. 
it sounds like it's just kind of like what they do during the regular season, that they're having guys go out there and pitch every five days in the offsite and keeping them on a pitching rotation so that, you know, they needed a Saturday starter and the guy whose turn up was Tristan McKenzie. Um, I'm, I, you know, that's at least what they're saying. I don't have anything beyond what they're saying, so I'm going to just take them at face value that that is the case. Again, it's odd him over Moss. It's odd him over Allen. Uh, why you might be saying why not Plesac or Clevenger? I know they're listed on the roster resource page. Well, they can't. They haven't been down ten days, so neither of them can be called up yet to pitch. It's going to be an interesting game Saturday to see him pitch. Now he is facing Boyd, and we talked about how Boyd has not been very strong, and the offense needs to carry him a bit in those games. Um, yeah, I not the move I would have made. Okay, let's just be nice about it. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything overly negative about him. Nothing like that. It's just when I was there, the eye test, he didn't pass. Um, you know, they were just the pitches were way too easy to pick up. The velocity was all over the place. It felt like he was trying to get more velocity in that game, and he was peaking at like ninety six. Uh, maybe 97 and have to go dig through the numbers like velocity we hadn't typically seen with him he's more of like a 92 93 guy but then he would drop down to like 88 and it was he was maybe trying to throw too hard in the two starts i saw him and that was after the back injury i believe in uh 2018 not pitching at all in 2019 good for him he makes it to the big leagues uh he'll get that opportunity it's always good to see uh i don't think this is necessarily to shop him because I don't believe in the whole idea of shopping players. I don't think that really happens. I don't think teams care about one start any more than, uh, you know, that they're not going to value one start over the 10 previous appearances or a long history of data. So I don't believe this is a shop start, though I'm sure I will get a question or two on that. You know, it's just, you go and it's, you look at, there's a reason why fan graphs, I pulled up their list here, has him had him 10th in the offseason and then after their um, their draft class, he's no longer even ranked. Um, there's a reason for that. He is down on a lot of boards because he hasn't looked good in a few years and I, again, I think if you have that advanced data the spin rate and the like don't, uh, don't favor him as well. That it's kind of, again, what I talked about, pitches that are a little bit more flat a little easier to pick up. But we'll see. This is a, It's also a good team to promote out there against because the Pirates have been very punchless of late. It's a way to give him that experience, that exposure, get some confidence. And I think he could end up you know, playing up in the pen and being really effective there because of the control and the ability to spot zones. And you only need those two pitches really to be effective, which should work for him. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Tristan McKenzie. That's the Detroit Tigers series. Uh, I think... Oof. Do I, I, I'm just not uh, super high on McKenzie, so I think Saturday I would call kind of a push game uh, in terms of pitching matchup. Friday should be advantage Indians. Sunday, I'm, I really like Casey Mize. I might lean towards pitching matchup advantage Detroit. So it's uh, we'll see if the Indians can continue this win streak. I am project- predicting the Indians' win streak against the Tigers ends this weekend. So you'll have to tune in and see if I'm right, see if I'm eating crow on Monday's show, or if I get a chance to say, hey, got that one. 
I have been Jeff Ellis. You've been a fantastic audience all week. This has been the Lockdown Indians Podcast, and as always, go Tribe!